Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to another Untapped Environment. It's Alan and I got Monk on here with me again. Yo. So, man, we got something coming up in August. You get to MC. Yes, I get to MC the very first Druid City Music Festival. Looking kind of forward to it, but, you know, I mean, I've done some big announcing in the past, but it's been like to a drunk crowd, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's been a little different. I mean, this will probably be a drunk crowd, I'm hoping. You know, but I, I think more or less what myself and Chelsea Barton are going to be doing from WVUA. We're just going to be kind of do, handling the announcements and the business in between artists and uh, and then announcing the, the artists that come on. So I'm sure that once a band stops, we'll go on stage, make some announcements, come off. Yeah. They'll get everything set up. We'll come back, make a few more announcements, announce the artist, and be done. I think that's how it's going to work. I'm not real sure, but yeah, so kind of a little nervous. I mean, it's, it's in Government Plaza, August 23rd, 24th. And it's uh, they've got a big gigantic stage they're bringing in, yeah. And so I mean we got some pretty heavy hitters, yeah. You know on the bill for a first time festival, so it's gonna be pretty big. Yeah, I'm just on, on uh, what Saturday you got Blackberry Smoke and Big Boy. Yeah, Big Boy, Blackberry Smoke, and Lee Baines the Third and the Glory Fires, which is not listed on their website, but uh, but they'll be there on the main stage. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing Lee Baines. Well, I guess I have seen them on a big stage before because I mean I've been seeing those guys around at like the Nick and Druid City Brewing Company yeah. for years you know and at uh, Egan's in Tuscaloosa but uh, looking forward to seeing them again on a big stage I saw them at Sloss Fest so uh, they played right before St. Paul one year but yeah. uh, good good stuff from those guys and our buddy uh, John Calvin Abney who plays with John Moreland he's been playing guitar with him I'm hoping he did the Europe tour with him I'm hoping yeah. John Calvin will be playing guitar with him I'm not real sure what their guitar situation is right now but yeah. You know, I'd love to hear what that sounds like. So and so, like this festival, it's kind of lined up a little bit, I guess, different than maybe a traditional festival because it's what twenty-one different venues. Twenty-one different venues around Tuscaloosa are taking a, taking part on that Friday night. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have bands and songwriters and all of those venues. So when you buy a wristband for the show, you get your wristband is good for Friday night. And then you can use your wristband for Saturday night as well. So, and you can get into any of those places. Some of those places will yeah. be free, um, but I mean, you could. I mean, there's a, a pretty killer lineup. And, and I mean, trust me when I say like, and we're going to talk to blues a little bit later. Caroline Shines and the Impulse are going to be playing one of the venues. And mm-hmm. Caroline Shines, her father is Johnny Shines, the legendary blues, my favorite blues singer wow. of all time. And then you got my buddy Megan McMillan. She's going to be playing. And, and my cat is walking across the, uh, <laughs> the the podcast table here, which 
doubles as a kitchen table sometimes. Also, uh, um, my friend Matt Jones is playing. So a lot of really good bands. And bands you may have heard of, like Farmer's Daughter. You've also got... CBDB. CBDB is going to be playing. They're actually playing on the main stage on Saturday. But uh, but anyway, you can go to, uh, I think it's uh, druidcitymusicfestival.com and get the full lineup, get your tickets and all that stuff. But looking forward to that Saturday night because... I've been a fan of Blackberry Smoke for years. I've interviewed on the telephone. I've interviewed mm-hmm. Charlie Starr, the lead vocalist, um, through on three different occasions when they played Tuscaloosa mm-hmm. or Birmingham. And I've never got a chance to meet him. So yeah. I'm looking real forward to just meet. I mean, the rest of the band is cool. I'll meet all of them. But I want to meet Charlie yeah. Starr because I mean, the guy is a phenomenal songwriter, guitar player, vocalist, everything. So <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Sushi wants some love. Sushi, sushi wants a little uh, little podcast action here. She wants her, <laughs> her 15 minutes of fame. But I get to announce Big Boy. How cool is that? I mean, yeah. it would be even cooler if, if it was I got, Outcast. If it was Outcast yeah. and I got to meet Andre, but yeah. I didn't think, whatever. I like, I like Big Boy too. Yeah, I'd take either one. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, coming up. My brother's a year and a half older than I am, and so a lot of introduction to music my brother was a huge rap fan yeah and so outcast man that just immediately takes me back oh yeah being in that truck man bombs over baghdad such a killer song Um, when you're riding down the road makes you want to speed (laughs) i don't need those kind of songs in my life a lot of those songs are that way international players anthem i mean that outcast is good yeah they are very good I mean, are they still making music, or is it just a solo thing? I think, it's, uh, now? I think it's just Big Boy. I don't think uh, Andre's doing anything right He's now. He's doing some acting. Did you ever see him in that Jimi Hendrix movie? Wait, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not the only thing he's been doing. No, no, doing... it's not. But he yeah. was absolutely amazing as Jimi Hendrix. I was blown away yeah. to see how that guy could act. And he and I kind of felt like I was watching Jimi Hendrix. You know yeah. what I mean? That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Unlike, you know, watching like Val Kilmer in The Doors. I really didn't feel like I was looking at Jim Morrison. No. But, you know, Andre 3000. Is it 3000 or 4000? It's three. Three? Okay. <laughs> it, is, it is three. Yeah, but, you know, seeing him, dude, that was that was really cool. He did a great job with it. And everybody, the whole cast, that was a cool movie. Yeah. All right, let's move it on. Let's go ahead and get the, the tap version out. All right. What you got for us today? Right now, we're drinking the Southern Spear. Um, I went over to Birmingham this weekend and got a chance to visit one of my favorite Birmingham breweries, Trim Tab. I think they just make solid beers, solid one-offs. They make solid, heavy-ass beers. Yeah, this is um, And we're going to be trying another one here before the podcast is over that's going to that's gonna blow your mind. Um, but this right here is a double dry-hopped, hazy double IPA, Southern Spear, and uh, just phenomenal. They sell it in cans at the brewery. I'm sure that you know some of the beer places around in Alabama, uh, you know, that you might go, say, to, to Hop City or something like yeah. that. Maybe Lusa Brews, you'll be able to find it. But, yeah, uh, on tap. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, on tap or, or in cans. Yeah, right so. when you said, uh, I got a double IPA, I, I immediately went to the Snake Handler. Yep. Because I know this good people, they're in Birmingham and uh, just in Tuscaloosa. I didn't know if you had picked the beer up in Birmingham or Tuscaloosa, but. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, Snake Handler, is, that's the, my, my go-to double IPA. That's like the one that I kind of put above all, all others, you know? Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of lot of close seconds, you know? Yeah. But Snake Handler, you can't beat that roughness of Snake Handler. And I tell you what, the other night I was hanging out with my buddy at, at Lusa Brews, Ryan. He worked at the bar there. I think he's one of the managers. He just never calls himself a manager. But anyway, I was in there <laughs> with him. And so I was like, because if you ever realize that you go to Lusa, Mm-hmm. There's 62 taps. Right. There's actually a 63rd tap. I mean, do you know about the 63rd tap? It's around back, isn't it? Nope. It's in the closet right at the end of the thing. 
Yeah. Okay. You know why there's 63 taps? Because no. Tuscaloosa was a 63rd county in Alabama. So you always ask what's on the 63rd tap because it's always some one-off, big, gigantic-ass beer. And this was the Will Wheaton Woot Stout thing that okay. Stone Brewing Company does. A huge beer. So I asked him what was in there, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I had that last time I was in here. So I've had it for 2019, so I'm good. And then I was like, well, just give me a snake handler. And then Ryan just goes, you want to try to mix the both of them? What? And I said, okay. Oh, I'm your huckleberry, you know. Yeah. So he did. He gave me almost a, he gave me like a 75% uh, snake handler and then threw some Woot Stout on top of it. It was a big, heavy-ass beer the whole time I was drinking it. But the Woot Stout really kind of so, took over. But at the end, right at the very at the bottom, it was almost, because he was hoping it would float like a black and tan would. But, I mean, it just completely turned black. Yeah. Just like the Woot Stout is and not... Uh, not your normal orangey yellow that uh, that snake handler is, but it was a pretty cool combination. Yeah. You know, I'd drink another one. Shit, I don't care. I think the first time I had snake handler was, uh, oh, you were out there. It was that little festival they had in the government plaza maybe two months ago, and I had walked over there at the pizza Yeah, place. Druid, Druid City Music Fest. I mean, I'm sorry, Druid City Arts Festival. The Arts Festival, yeah. right. And um, usually if you go over there to the pizza place, get a snake handler. Yep. And that's immediately what I did. And right after I had it, I was like, good yeah and on top of that if you drink it fast enough you'll have a buzz <laughs> oh yeah it doesn't take it doesn't take long like i think it's at 10 percent. you yeah. know so i mean it doesn't take long and then what we're drinking now i'm not 100 percent positive i'll have to look on i think it's like a 7.5 this trim tab southern spear it's really good i think it tastes a lot better than the uh, snake handler and i, I it, it's it's different oh it's different well it's for one it's hazy but also, snake handler's got that little boozy hint to it that mm-hmm. that you know that almost burns the back of your throat in a sense right. if you're to drink it too quick, you know. But I mean, I'll take either one of them any day. Oh, yeah. But stick me on a deserted island, ask me what double IPA I want. I'm definitely going to say I want snake, snake, handler. snake handler. But but trim tab, I mean, it continues just be um, seven point five. I was right on the ABV on that. But trim tab just continues to be a very solid brewery. And, and my buddy Dustin's working there now, and I went there the other day, and I had a beer that it didn't can. They've got beers that are different colors. Like, they've got an orange, a yellow. He has, like, trim tab yellow, trim tab orange, trim tab black, okay. purple, whatever. Um, and we had the black, which was brewed with uh, cocoa nibs and walnuts. And my buddy Dustin had something to do with it, mm-hmm. and it was absolute. It was decadent is what it was. Wow. Yeah, it was it was something to talk about. I, if they would have had that in cans, I would have bought that in a heartbeat. Yeah. It was solid. So solid. I never heard of using walnuts. In yeah, there. I mean, man, they use everything. Yeah. They'd be using cucumbers and all kind of shit. Some of that stuff's weird to me, but, like, I mean, now they're even using the hemp oil. I'm, I can't get down with that. That's not a way I want to go with my beer. Because, one, I'm not a big pot smoker. I've had pot in the past, you know, but yeah. I'm not a big pot dude. So, that taste... It tastes like you've smoked a joint when yeah. you're done with it. And it's just like that aftertaste is yeah, just don't want it. dank and skanky. And it, yeah. yeah. Not for me. I'm yeah. not saying that other people don't like it. Had a good good flavor and good smell. I had the Hemperator from, from uh, New Belgium. And I thought it was it was a solid beer, but just that aftertaste, I couldn't. I could. It's just like, all right, after that six-pack I bought, I'm done. I'm not Definitely catering for yeah. the potheads out Yeah, there. I think so. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh this craft beer in general. It's interesting to me because having a conversation not too long ago, a guy's my age, and uh, he's not really into craft beer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think it's uh, becoming more popular and more common because 
more breweries are popping up everywhere. Oh, it yeah. seems like, especially yeah. in Alabama, Mississippi, it's just breweries popping up everywhere. Mm-hmm. He's like, I felt like it was dying. And he's like, now, granted, I don't drink or go out anymore, so I couldn't really tell you. And I was like, man, it's a thing. And I don't oh, think yeah. it, I don't, it's not going anywhere. If anything, it's becoming more and more popular. I mean, you go to, to, I mean, all right, a state of Alabama is really setting a good example for craft beers because the, the people who run the state, regardless of what's happened politically recently, yeah. but as far as the beer laws, they've been really relaxed and open to trying and let's see what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's try this and see, you know, and I mean, there's some tax money that gets kicked back on the state from all these beer sure. sales, you know, I mean, and I think they've, they've set a good example for other states to follow as far as how to open up the beer laws. I mean, Mississippi, you know, where you and I, you know, spend most of our, well, where I spend most of my time, yeah. you, you're in Alabama. Liver. Well, I spend most of it over here working. Or yeah. Well, else. you know, I mean, Mississippi's a little more slow go, but I mean, Mississippi has always been about two, three years behind everybody else. You know, yeah. we're always the last to do this and last to do that, but the beer laws are slowly opening up. Mm-hmm. So what I hope to see, I mean, after what July of 2018, they opened it up where the tap rooms in the state of Mississippi could, or breweries could actually have tap rooms in the state of Mississippi because before July of last year, they couldn't have them in the state of Mississippi. Right. So it's a little cooler. They're getting a little more relaxed. I think Alabama, their their neighbor states, kind of setting a good example mm-hmm. of how things should be. But I mean, as for your friends saying craft beer is dead, I mean to go to anywhere in Colorado. Go to anywhere in North Carolina and mm-hmm. Asheville, especially. Oh yeah, you know where there are however many breweries. Yeah. And I've never been to Asheville. I think I would it's go like there. One on every corner is from what you hear. Yeah, I mean that's probably where I'd want to go and die. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, hell, last time I was up in Gatlinburg, there's a damn brewery up there now. I mean, they're right. everywhere. You know, so I really love seeing it. And I think too, with all these breweries popping up, you've got a lot of them that make simple beers for your your, your domestic drinkers. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you got your ones made. But I think it's really opened up people's palate. You know, because it's kind of like the whole field of dreams theory. You know, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. You know, and I think that, and there are certain cities where it probably wouldn't work. Certain small towns where it's probably not going to work. But it's, it's worth a shot if you can get around it and you got the backers and whatever, and you make solid ass beer. People will come. You mm-hmm. know. I mean, it's been shown and proven. I mean, the times that I've sat at, you know, Druid City Brewing Company or, or Black Warrior in, in Tuscaloosa and just the people that come in from out of state, you know, yeah, they heard there was a brewery in town. I'm coming over to check it out, you yeah. know, and they end up buying a growler and taking it back with them or whatever. So I think it's really cool. It is, and it's it's like a cultural thing. It's, it's, it's a fun cultural thing that people are participating. Like you said, if I find myself in Tuscaloosa or Birmingham, I'm going to try to pop into one of these breweries yeah. and just see what they got going on. I, mean, I think it's kind of given us a, a reason for any habits we might have, and we could call we can now call it a yeah. uh, a, a hobby. Yeah, you know what I mean. But right. So what? I love it. It's <laughs> yeah. a great hobby. Yeah. You know, quotes in the air. Yeah. Hobby. I don't mind it at all. But um, yeah. I mean, I love it, and I love. I mean, that's the one cool thing. It's like if I'm going to a city, it's like like I'll be going back to where my father lives in August, up around Alexandria, Virginia. Okay. And so there's a lot of breweries kind of around the area there's some over in maryland Mm -hmm. um and and everything Uh, and i just i want to try some more because i've been to a few um now since i've been going up there you know trying to get up there at least you know once a year or so Mm -hmm. and so i'm looking forward to trying some new ones that i haven't uh haven't had a chance to go to because i'm planning a trip out of town i mean that's the big thing like went to birmingham to catch tyler shoulders okay number one is want to get there a little bit early uh where am i gonna have a drink and number two is where am i gonna where am i gonna eat 
Yeah. And then three, you go to the show, and I was like, boom, boom, boom. It's a winning day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get much better. Oh, there's so many good food choices in, in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Crazy good food Especially choices. in that little downtown area. Yeah. They all got it going on. Yeah, or if you get over to the Avondale area, you know, there's some, you got you got Saul's Barbecue, you got Fancies. First Office Pies, you got Melt, which is there. I mean, who doesn't love a damn grilled cheese sandwich? Yeah. You know, if you don't, then... Maybe you like Tyler. You're 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 teaming with the Russians if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wasn't lying about this beer. I was not. <laughs> we have since taken a break and paused the recording, yeah. and we're back with a new beer. And I promised you that that you were going. You, it was going to knock you. I, I said it's going to make your nipples hard. Um, this is uh, from Trim Tab, and this was the last can I had. I bought a four pack it the other day. It is the Cloud Architecture. It's a double dry hopped marshmallow hazy double IPA. So it's the same as we had last time. It's just brewed with, as they call it, marshmallow charms. Lucky so charms. think, so think, throwing some Lucky Charms marshmallows in a beer. That's what we're drinking right now. And it's good. Total nipple hardness. It is crazy, freaking good. Can't deny the the marshmallow. I mean, it's, you get it on the nose, you get it on the back end, you get it on the front end. That marshmallow is prevalent. Yeah, so anybody And it's out not there, too sweet. It's not something that overwhelms you, mm-mm. I don't think. No, it's not. It's, it's damn near perfect. That definitely goes into my top ten beers of all times. I don't, I don't know if I... I might like this one a little bit better than the one before. Yeah, yeah but I only had one can of this. Yeah. So that's why... Because we, yeah. we still got another can of the other stuff. But yeah, because but yeah, I was all into this, man. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, if I had a four-pack or a six-pack of this, I'd be in trouble after it was over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we're sitting at a, a stout... Uh, Eight and a half, right? 8.5, yeah, ABV on this right here. It's uh, just, I mean, this is right here, uh, living proof. This and that black and that, that Southern Spear, just proof that Trim Tab is doing big things in Birmingham. Just yeah. a solid brewery all the way around. I'm a fan. You know, hashtag Trim Tab Brewing. Yeah. All day long. Give you a shout out. You deserve it. Mm. Thank you for the cloud architecture. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Little baby, 6.4 ounce Jesus. All right, and just... <laughs> <laughs> just, in a, just in a manger. <laughs> I love that movie. Oh my God, we could do a whole fucking podcast on just Talladega Nights all together. I, I just quote the whole screen. Oh my That'd gosh, man, enough. that is the freaking funniest shit. Oh my gosh, how I mean, two people can be that damn stupid. Like, and and he and uh, 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 John C. Riley. I mean, they just fit so perfect, yeah. man. That's like a, a combo in comedy, which you you haven't had since like. Dan Aykroyd and and John Belushi or who are some of the other combinations I'm not thinking of any right now but Laurel and Hardy maybe you know we'll go back to those two yeah I I like Will Ferrell with Wahlberg they're good have you ever seen the the other guys yeah no I'm not seeing that that's a good one I think you'd enjoy that man Will Ferrell but you got Step Brothers and you got Talladega Nights I haven't seen the new Sherlock Holmes and what's the thing they've done I don't know anything about that Step Brothers oh my god I mean I laughed till I cried on Step Brothers I probably laughed more on that than I did Talladega Nights but I remember more Talladega Nights because I've seen that like 10-15 times now I think the thing about those movies too and it I think it comes off that way is most of it's improvised yeah and so it kind of comes off as being, you know, extremely just off the cuff and like, where are you going? Well, I'm going to rub my nutsack on your drum set. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, y'all are like late 30s, early 40s. You know, yeah, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, and and we stand corrected too because I've dated someone that actually was raised in Talladega, Alabama, and it's Talladega. Mm. It's not Talladega. If you're raised there, yeah. If you watch it on the TV like the rest of Dega. the people do, it's Dega. But it's Digga. It ain't. It's Digga. Talladega. There we go. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Side note. <laughs> All right. Back on track. Just to celebrate, just the part of the country that we're in, we have, what, three or four blues markers just right here in this vicinity? You've got the Columbus, Mississippi blues marker, and you got the catfish alley elbow room. marker there. Yeah. yeah. And the elbow room's not listed on there. It's not? Nope. I thought they still had their listing. No, uh, it's not. It's, there's not a marker there. Okay. Yeah, it's been around since 1952. Two. Something like that. Yeah, three, six. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But no, I don't think it was a like a, a hub for blues musicians. But uh, I mean, so many because like Columbus is kind of one of those places I think that kind of fell. You know, when people were on their way from from the Delta, you know, running on up to uh, to Memphis or running on up to wherever they were going, and, and, and uh, you know, say going up to the to the hill blues country of like around Oxford and Water Valley and all that stuff. Columbus right. was kind of one of those stopping points. You know, Columbus yeah. and Aberdeen, West Point. You know, because you think about some of the most prevalent um, blues musicians, um, you think about, the first one that comes to mind is, of course, Howlin' Wolf. Right. Howlin' Wolf, born right outside of West Point, a little place called White Castle. And, you know, it was really cool. The coolest story I ever heard about, I guess, about blues music was um, Sam Phillips, who, who founded Sun Records, okay. uh, Sun or, or the Memphis Recording um, Studio is what it was originally called, and it was turned into Sun Studios. Well, he, of course, you know, he discovered... You know, he went and recorded prisoners on the on the you know went to the prison and recorded prisoners doing their spirituals and and he was kind of like that Alan Lomax that kind of followed all these blues musicians around and got these last minute recordings. Same as the guys with Fat Possum Records kind of started to do. You know, yeah. Um, well, Sam Phillips did that at one point with his own mobile recording studio, and he went out and he found this dude named Helen Wolf Chester. Burnett, Arthur, Chester, Arthur, something. Anyways, so he finds him. Well, he also, too, his uh, one day while he's out, his secretary. You nailed it. Burnett. Chester, Arthur, Burnett. Yeah, there you go. So one day when he, when Sam Phillips is out of the office, this little kid comes in from Tupelo, Mississippi, wants to record a song. He records a song, and she basically discovers Elvis. So he's got Elvis signed to his record label. So he gets into a lot of trouble, Sam Phillips does. For $7,500, he gets into trouble because one of his artists covered Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog, the Mama Thornton song. They redid it and it ended up like they got to pay royalty rights. Backfire. Cost them $7,500. So he, to RCA Records, sold Elvis Presley's contract for $7,500 so he could pay off that debt. And then Elvis Presley became Blue the biggest up. thing in the world. Well, he says, and you think, because Elvis is my favorite voc- male vocalist ever. Mm-hmm. And Sam Phillips is quoted as saying that Howlin' Wolf was his greatest discovery. Because that voice on Howlin' Wolf, when you hear that, I mean, Mm -hmm. to think about, just listen or go to YouTube anywhere and just listen to one Howlin' Wolf song. You've never heard a voice like that ever in your life and you never will. He was a big, gigantic fellow with a big, gigantic voice. Mm -hmm. And what seems like a great personality as well. But born right outside of, uh, of West Point, kind of traveled all around. We've got tons of other blues musicians in this area. And, you know, me living in Tuscaloosa for as long as I did, and still working in Tuscaloosa, yeah. but I chose to come back here. This is where I was raised in Columbus, Mississippi. I chose to come back here 
knowing that I'm not going to stay forever, I want to go back to Tuscaloosa, get back. Yeah. But I had some family stuff I had yeah. to deal with here in Columbus. So, But I thought, well, while I'm here, I'm going to soak up some of what this state is known for, some mm-hmm. of this blues, you know. Right. And so I went and did, I would say I probably did about 40% of the Mississippi Blues Trail because there's a lot of markers. And I did like 52 of them, I think, and took pictures of every damn one of them. Yeah. But uh, some really, really cool places, some old juke joints that, you know, like uh, I got a chance to see. I don't know if they've torn it down yet, but um, what's the one big blues joint that's kind of drawing a blank in my brain right now? Or it? I don't even know where it's at. It's right out, right around Itabina po monkeys lounge in that i didn't get a chance to go in because they've been closed up because um the guy who ran it i think his name was po monkey i don't know but he had passed away okay um just shortly before i went did the blues trail so they closed down the joint man but it's uh i mean just being there and it's in it's on the edge of this gigantic cotton field or whatever soybean whatever they're growing out there it was just amazing to soak up that history and to go to to go down to um to to visit where B.B. Um, King is buried and the museum that surrounds mm-hmm. that and then to go over to Clarksdale and go to the Blues Museum there and then to go over to Ground Zero which is owned now by Morgan Freeman yeah. but a classic blues club and then to go instead to Shack Up Inn and to go down to Dockery Farms and, and just the history of the blues in this state is just absolutely amazing and, I, and I'm glad to finally see that the state of Mississippi is recognizing it they've got the board that's doing the Mississippi blues markers they've even got Mississippi blues markers in damn Norway oh, wow. because of musicians that have whatever I don't know what the one in Norway is because I'll probably never go yeah. but I mean they've got them up in, in Tennessee they got them over in Alabama right. there's Mississippi blues markers all over majority of them obviously in Mississippi but brings me to my point that you and I now i I texted you one night, mm-hmm. and I'm like, check this movie out. Yeah, you see me laughing. You see me laughing. And by what, the way, it's on YouTube, so it's extremely you accessible. Can, yeah, you can watch the entire movie on YouTube. What did you think about it? Blew me away. You know, because you, you talk about Itabina and getting down there around the Delta, and just here is kind of West Point area where it's the Golden Triangle. It's just kind of a passing through, and then you get up to Water Valley and Oxford where Fat Possum is. Mm-hmm. And my goodness, I mean, we are up to the gills and just history for the blues. And just, I mean, these are these old Jim Crow artists who were coming out of this Jim Crow time. And when you think about blues, I mean, I think you see me laughing, just capitalized on it. You yeah. had like C. Dale, C. Dale uh, Davis, C. Dale Davis, R.L. Burnside, um, Junior Kimbrough, all of the Hill Country Blues artists. Yeah, and that, that was the focus was yeah. hillside country and like Sedale, yeah. he blew me away with playing with a fork. Yeah, because he the butter knife. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, if, if you watch the movie, um, Sedale had um, typhus when he was a kid, and then he had polio, and so he basically at some point, and plus he was run over. He got trampled. In he a was bar. trampled in a bar one night and paralyzed a little bit, so he was unable to use his legs. Neither one of his hands worked properly. Yeah, but he taught himself how to play guitar. And granted, and I agree, because there's an interview with Bono from U2 in this, and he talks about how Sedell kind of makes your eyes close a little bit because he's not always in tune. Yeah. But what he's doing makes complete sense. And he's got him a, a, butter, a butter knife. Yeah. And he's used that as his slide, plays right-handed guitar, flipped over to the left. Just like Jimmy used to Yeah, do. and he's, well, Jimmy actually had his strings turned around right. Okay. He plays it more like... Um, 
like uh, uh, Eric Gales, who's playing the, the yeah. Black Prairie Blues Festival this year. He plays it complete upside down, yeah. where he did his solos. He does his solos up top. Okay. And so, anyway. Um, but, yeah, so Sedell plays guitar like that and just really amazing, you yeah. know? And you got people in that movie like T-Model Ford. Mm-hmm. T-Model Ford spent time in the penitentiary for murder. R.L. Burnside, one of my, now Johnny Shines is my favorite vocalist. My second favorite blues vocalist is R.L. Burnside. I absolutely love it. And I loved it. I mean, unlike a lot of people, that's how I was introduced to R.L. Not because I was a kid growing up in Mississippi, but because the guys at Fat Possum put him with a, a DJ who remixed his shit. Yeah. And put it out there, and it became popular as hell. Yeah. So that's how when the, when the come on in or record whatever one he's hanging out the cab window of that's the one. The, come yeah, on in. Come yeah. on in. I mean that record right there just like that changed my whole outlook on the blues because I grew up a diehard blues fan mm-hmm. growing up here, and I don't I don't mean I, I'm not going to say that what people are doing in Memphis and what people are doing in, in Chicago with their style of blues is 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 bad. Right. I just I prefer. Mississippi. A dude on the fucking porch with his old raggedy ass guitar that he bought at the Sears and Roebuck years ago. Yeah. Just, you know, just slide. You get the bottleneck slide and going at it. And I don't care if it makes a whole lot of sense because you listen to a lot of that earlier possum stuff, possum, uh, fat possum record stuff from Sedell and, and, and RL and Junior. Well, Junior Kimbrough tend to make more sense, he and RL. But some of that's T Model Ford. Oh, yeah. That's some hard to listen to shit, but it's raw, it's real, it's true. That is the blues, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what he was, that's his version of what was happening in his life yeah. and, and, and just, who he is. Just going back to Sedell for a second, like Bono was saying. Yeah, he's a little out of tune, but after you get to listening, you come into his tune. Yeah, exactly. And you start feeling it, what he's feeling. Exactly, exactly. And I think it was uh, R.L. said, oh, you ain't had the blues. The blues just kind of come up on you. One night you'll get home and your cat will tell you, she here, Then you got the blues. Then you got the yep, blues. Yep, I love it. one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. And then when he's talking about because for people who don't understand, R.L. Burnside spent time in, in the penitentiary as well for murder. Shot a man one night, killed mm-hmm. him. Shot him in the back and killed him. Yeah, and he luckily had a, a, a rich person that knew who he was and liked the work he did. So mm-hmm. he talked to the warden, and RL only served like ten or eleven months yeah. in the penitentiary. But um, but RL said, "I didn't I didn't kill the man. I just shot him." I just told him it was up to him, between he and God, if he's going to die or not. <laughs> I, was like, oh I, I like gosh. that line, yeah. I mean, that is just like, you, that's the that's raw, man. Yeah. That's that's human. Yeah. I mean, now hopefully I'll never be that damn human where I ain't ever got to say that, you yeah. know, but that's just, <laughs> Yeah, it's man. between you and God right now, buddy, but I yep. ain't going to put a bullet in you. Yep. Oh, my goodness. That's so crazy. But, uh, but really, I mean, if you get a chance to check out the movie, like Alan and I did, you see me laughing. Mm-hmm. Look it up on YouTube. Watch it. I mean, it's just uh, basically a history of the Hill Country Blues, which is kind of around the Water Valley, Oxford. That's the only two towns I know in that place right now that's coming to my head because yeah. this beer is really good. And I'm starting to buzz a little bit off of it, but um, but definitely. And I mean, you know, moving back here and getting getting involved with the blues, because when I was younger, I can remember me and my friend John Andrus, he was a really good guitar player, and I liked the blues. So he would... He would pull out the slide, and he would sit there. We had us a little blues band. We never played anywhere. Yeah, it was just, just he and house. I basically sitting on the edge of his bed or whatever, you know, jamming yeah. and stuff. But, man, that's when I got to experience. Because once once we, once we I found, like, say, I think Robert Johnson was kind of my starting point. Or maybe not even Robert Johnson. Maybe it was somebody like um, Louisiana Red or or, uh, 
or R, um, not even R.L. Burnside, but Muddy Waters and stuff okay, like that. Muddy Maybe Waters, I got my yeah. start. And then I started kind of drifting off. And at that point, I think, too, is when the Robert Johnson recording started surfacing. And when you listen to Robert Johnson, mm-hmm. I mean, that right there, to listen to, to hear the story about Robert Johnson, you know, the, the hellhounds on his trail and the whole the whole theory that he sold so his soul sold. at the crossroads and everything. Yeah. And, and because the story of Robert Johnson, how it goes, Robert Johnson was playing around with a bunch of different dudes in Mississippi, mm-hmm. never was any good at guitar. And then one so, night... One well, he left. He left. He leaves, and he's gone for about a year. Okay. So he did some traveling because he lost a wife, you know, and and the child he never got a chance to know because the grandfather wouldn't let him because his wife died in childbirth, and then you know he goes off and has has some life experiences for about a year. But all of a sudden he shows back down to Hazelhurst where it's he's a from, guitarist. and he's a different guitar player, and he's blowing everybody away. Willie Dixon's going, "What the hell happened to you, dude?" You mm-hmm. know, all these other blues players. So the theory was, I think they kind of made up the story. And then, of course, Robert, through his songs, talking about the mojos and talking about yeah. the crossroads and hellhounds on my trail. But really, one of the cool things I remember about a movie years ago, John Hammond, who is a guitar player, his father was, this is John Hammond Jr., um, his father, John Hammond, actually recorded Robert Johnson. Okay. So he has become somewhat of a Robert Johnson interpreter. He can play guitar uh, as good as... Uh, Robert. Robert Johnson. If not, maybe even better. I don't know. He's a hell of a guitarist. He's a freaking great guitar player. And I've said, I've got a chance to see him live and got his autograph and everything too. But anyway, that was back when I was a kid. So the way I understand, on the second day, they recorded on a Saturday and a Sunday. Mm-hmm. So if you listen real closely, and there's a lot of pops and crackles in the recordings, but if you yeah. listen to the recordings of Hellhound on My Trail, that morning Robert comes in, it's raining outside. There's these yeah. big glass windows in the studio. And he turns his seat to the corner. So he's facing the corner when he sings this song. And if you listen closely, you can hear the rainfall hitting the windows. Okay. Which makes it even a little more eerie, the whole hellhound on my trail thing. But that's kind of the story. And I'm just kind of rambling, dude. This wow. beer hasn't gotten to my head. I'm just going off on the blues because I, I love the blues. <laughs> I love the blues and everything about the blues. And like if I was, if somebody were to just like say, hey, look, we're going to put you out here and you can never listen to but one form of music. It'd be blues. I mean, I'm a punk rocker, mm-hmm. 100% punk rocker. I'm a Lucero fucking nut, mm-hmm. but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the blues if I got to listen to one style of music the rest of my life. Yeah. And I love me some reggae, some whatever, you know, and a little bit of metal. If I had to, like... Never if, any booty music. I can't stand the booty music. I'm not for it myself. If, if, it, if you could put it in a club and make, the, make it 15 degrees in there... And play it, and people will come. I just kind of it's music I don't me. want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, same, man. <laughs> but EDM or whatever they if call it. If you were to give like the same scenario to me, is like if you had to choose a record company like Fat Possum, and you could only have their work and the people they recorded with, I'd choose Fat Possum. Yeah. Just over recent years, Heartless Bastards had Erica here on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Band of Horses. Black Keys, Dan Arbog. Just just for mm-hmm. those who may not be very familiar with the blues scene, but Fat Possum has recorded with a lot of phenomenal artists on top of these artists, the Hillside yep. Blues. Because that's where they got their start was was recording. Because basically they, they captured history, just like Alan yeah. Lomax did yeah. way back in the day. They captured history. If you watch the documentary, mm-hmm. it, the, it's, you got the one of the founders of the label. What was his name? Matthew Johnson. Matthew Johnson. So Matthew's going around... And he's talking about how we've got to capture this because these guys are almost not, gone. Yeah, not and you, you think about every guy in that movie, they're all gone. They're gone. Yeah. 
So Fat Possum did their... Well, it was Model T. That, he's the last one standing he recently passed. Was it Model No, Sedell. Sedell. Yeah. Sedell okay. passed uh, last year. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, other than that, because T-Model's been gone for a while, RL's been gone for way too long. And I got a chance. Now, I'll tell you this story. Okay. I got a chance. Now, it's really cool, too, because um, RL's grandson, Cedric Burnside, okay. is making, making... He was a drummer. Yes. He was the drummer for, for RL for years. Well, he's now, he just put out a record that I think is phenomenal. I think it was put out on uh, Single Lock Records out of um, with, uh, John Paul White's record label. Okay. Out of Muscle Shoals area. Mm-hmm. Florence, around that area. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's called the Hill Country Relic. Or no, Benton County Relic is what it's called because it's Benton is it County, Mississippi. To his well, that's for the granddad? Well, that's where he was raised and yeah. where he was born and, and grew up. So he's a Hill Country Blues man. But I got a chance to, years ago, this was probably 19, 20 years ago. Okay. Right before R.L. died, I got a chance to see him live. It was just on stage. It was just R.L. sitting on a stool or sitting on a chair and then Cedric playing drums. Playing drums. I got to see him at the Elvis Presley Music Festival in Tupelo. I was going to ask if it was uh, the Howlin' Wolf in West Point. No. I don't think R.L. ever played the Howlin' Wolf Blues Festival, which is now the Black Prairie Blues Festival. Okay. But yeah, now I don't. I don't think. Uh, I mean, I could double check on that while we're doing the podcast, but I don't think RL ever played that. Okay. Because um, I definitely would have come over for RL if I'd have known. Because when I knew he was coming to the Elvis Presley Blues Festival, I he went was there. I, oh my gosh, it was not the Elvis Presley Blues Festival. It wasn't a blues festival. And that year, I saw Jim, Jerry Lee Lewis too. <clears throat> you familiar with Jerry Lee Lewis? Very. I know the name. Not familiar with. Okay. Great balls of fire. Work. He's the killer. Watch the movie Great Balls of Fire. Okay, one of the one another one of the best because Jerry Lee was on um, on set with Dennis Quaid who played him in the movie the whole time, but Jerry Lee Lewis and bless his heart, this was twenty years ago, put on one of the worst performances I've ever seen. This is a dude that toured around with Elvis and Johnny Cash, and they had a big tour. Yeah, you know Patsy Cline, all these people. Yeah, the big names. Oh my goodness, the killer, the killer was horrible live. Oh my gosh. I wish I could have seen him back in his heyday. Anyway, not trying to pull nothing off of Jerry Lee. He's crazy. He's cool. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm digging him. So, anyway. Well, all right. Just to talk a little bit about just, like, what's been good lately between us and the Highlight Indies only. And if, guys, even if you're not local to the Tuscaloosa area or Columbus, you can download the Alt-1017 app and kick it with Monk on Indies only on Saturday nights. Nine to midnight, right? Nine to midnight. I wish there was a way that we could, like, play the show or have the show recorded in some entity where people could go and listen to it yeah, just after like it airs but copyright laws and all that you yeah. know BMI ASCAP stuff we just can't do it so yeah but um, but yeah man there's so much good music out right now mm-hmm. and you know I mean if there are any you know Tuscaloosa based since the show is in Tuscaloosa if there's any Tuscaloosa based artists that you know rock out that I don't know about they need to send me their shit, you know. Yeah. I mean, because if I don't have it, I can't play it. But, yeah. um, but man, I mean, like the all these local music scenes, like the the smaller stuff, in my opinion, is the stuff that excites me more. I think you know, if it's not overproduced, if it's not um, if it's not major label stuff, um, not that I, I shun major labels or anything like that, because I have a lot of favorite bands that are on major labels. Right. But you know, I mean, I think that if you're doing shit on your own, it's, it's a little more intriguing and exciting to me. It is. And it's kind of like, all right, now I'm going to break it down in a really weird way. But I'm going to talk about pornography. Okay. Right? I'm, I'm going to take it from indie music to pornography. So, like, when I was a kid growing up, I remember I'd go over to my friend's houses 
mm-hmm. they would all have their 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 dad's collections hustlers of or hustlers playboys. or playboys. Like the girls in those magazines, I never had a chance to. I would never in my entire life, even to this day, have a chance with any of them women. Right. But the ones in all these nasty ones that you see that have the covers that are half blocked up in the convenience stores and stuff, like yeah. um, we is the only one. O U I is that how you say it? We in French. Right. We is the only one. And like the, all them nasty ones. Those are the girls that I might have a chance with. That is the indie artist of, of the rock, you know, the the, the alternative mm-hmm. world. That's I have a I have a chance to hang out with some of these people. I have a chance. Mm-hmm. These people are talking about things that I know about. It's mm-hmm. not overproduced. It's not it's not a bunch of songwriters writing a song and, and the artist playing it. Nothing like that. Right. It's, it's all for it's, me. It's, 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 it's people. And, yeah. You know, and exactly. So it's people that I can put my hands on and touch. Mm-hmm. Really weird analogy, I know. No, but, I mean, it works. But like you know, like I, I would, I hear stuff like you know, say this this band that I've been really into out of Texas called Tough on Fridays. They've just released their first EP called Autumn. Um, I've played every song off of Autumn. I look forward to playing every song that off of their new full length when they put it out. They got a Kickstarter and stuff that they were doing a while back. Hopefully, they raised enough money. But this band Tough on Fridays. You think about all these other smaller artists that I've played that. I mean, just looking at the show from last week, Mateel. Um, Mateel, mm-hmm. I'm not sure where Mateel's from, but Mateel is a very talented singer and, and artist. I would not call her singer-songwriter, even though I think she writes her stuff. Her songwriting is good, but she, when you say singer-songwriter, I think people tend to think, you know, person with an acoustic it's guitar just sitting Americana there. Americana. Yeah, yeah. Maybe so country, even. Yeah, so she's not really that, but... And hopefully... Coming up on, uh, what was the date I said? The 15th of mm-hmm. June. I don't know if this podcast will air after that. But um, 15th of June, hopefully you and I will be going to Proud Larry's in Oxford and seeing her for free. But um, just to look at some of the other artists, like Kitty Cat Fan Club, putting out some solid stuff right now. They just put out a new record. It's um, it's a little bit kind of like a female happy, punky thing mm-hmm. that's going on. It's really cool. Got a cool vibe. Punk band out of England called A Mill and the Sniffers. Yeah. Love those guys. I've been playing the song Angel, and I played the other song, blah, 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 whatever it was. <laughs> Thank you, Beer. I appreciate it. Trim Tab, I love you for everything you've done for me. And then I don't know if you've heard, Alan, and you probably have because I think you listen to Indies only. If not, just lie to me and tell me you do. But I've been I playing a cover of Should I Stay or Should I Go, but it's in Spanish by Xenia Rubinos. I've heard it. That is a phenomenal song. Um, the new Titus Andronicus a shout out to our friend Jamie at Sunstroke House because that's her favorite band. That's her Lucero for me. Yeah. That's a solid record. I mean, so much good stuff. So, like, in Hatchie, I got a damn email from Hatchie. I have followed Hatchie for the past at least a year. Yeah. Or whatever that I've been playing her music on my show. I was really excited to get an email from Hatchie. If you can listen to a show like Indies Only or just like, say if you you know some smaller band, just take some of these artists that I've just named off, like Hatchie or Titus Andronicus or or Bat or Tough on Fridays or Gauche, and just put them in your, your whatever thing you, you listen to, whether you do the Pandora or the Spotify or whatever, and just go to Artist Radio. Mm-hmm. That's what I love to do. That's one of my favorite things to do. And that's like... I guess kind of a way that I keep Indies Only going, just go to the artist radio mm-hmm. and hear some of these artists that are similar to the ones that you like. And you're going to discover so much music, yeah. man. That right there excites me I'm telling you. just about as much as drinking beer. 
Pandora and Spotify, I love the formats they have. It has been such a great way to find new artists. And not necessarily new guys that have been around kicking up dirt and making a storm for a while, but just because of the area I live in, they're not here, and I would never hear about them. Sure, sure. And so it does a great job. Yeah, you can't go out to the the, the local bar at the end of the road and hear, you know, some random... No. Yeah, no. Not original music. It's going to be a lot of cover songs. Yeah. Yeah. And so I love that Spotify and Pandora do that. That's how I found a lot of the music. You know, maybe getting to know and work with as many artists as I have over the years and playing them on the radio and working with the promoters, maybe like my idea of a shitty record is skewed a little bit because maybe I've gotten to know the artist or I know the promoters Mm -hmm. that are really... You know what I mean? Because... Like, I don't know the last time that I've said, like, a a band that I knew, Mm -hmm. a band that I played on my show. I've gotten several of these bands that that will put out records and they'll send it to me and I'll be just like, that sucks. And I'll just put it aside and that's it, you know. Because I'm not going to drop playing a a new Titus record or a new Lucero record for playing their shit. Yeah, like we said on the last show, if, like, for Dustin, who was on, who's a, you know, actively gigging musician and was talking about radio not necessarily that he wanted to be on radio but how does he get on radio well, what you have to think about is do they want to drop cage the elephant to play you? sure sure yeah exactly so i don't know i think maybe like some really not so good records we'll call them have missed my radar or i've ignored them kind of because the fact that i've worked with the artist or something like that you know and i'm kind of mm-hmm. like eh, you know i'll think in my brain yeah. i think it's okay mm-hmm I won't say it's shitty, or I won't say it was not really that good, or won't give it a bad. I'll just be like, mm, you know, and go on, and I'll tell. That was it was a okay record, yeah. you know. It always, always is positive, you know, positive yeah. forward. But uh, my favorite two, and it was the last two cats that came to the Sunstroke House. I cannot get, I cannot keep the CDs out of my CD player in the truck, and I'm constantly bringing them in the house to listen to it while I'm just sitting around. Is uh, Taylor Hollinsworth Life of a Slow Ear? And Brad Armstrong's uh, I Got No Place That Remembers Me. Yep. And it's immediate burners. Like, Life of a Slower, all the way through. Oh, yeah. Every song, every damn song. Yeah, and he even gets a little spacey weird in the middle of it, and I still love it. Yeah, still good. I'm on his plane at that point, you know? Oh, I love it. And then, I mean, but to the two, I think that you, you kind of experienced at that point, not necessarily that you didn't absolutely love those records. But you got to know the guys before you listen to it. Yeah. And so it helps promote how, you know, yeah, that record. It, it does. Not to say that either one of those records are are junk because I don't think oh, they I are. Oh, I mean, even in, even in these write-ups, Brad Armstrong, oh, yeah. just, I mean, he just had a Critical reviews, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, Taylor Hollingsworth, I mean, you're probably never going to meet. You may meet a better guitar player, but you're going to meet very few that are that damn good. I'm telling you, he's, yeah. he's a beast. Yeah, and what did he tell you when you you had asked him about? <laughs> yeah, we were, we were sitting on at the porch at the Sunstroke House after the show was over, yeah. and we were just I was like, dude, I was blown away because it was he started playing Westphalia. Mm-hmm. Oh, which is my favorite song. Second song that he did that and 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 Ring Over Saturn, which he played as a request yeah, for me. His little wink over to yeah. you. But um, a Ring Around Saturn, sorry, not yeah. over. It's, we were sitting out there on the porch, and I was just. You know, complimenting on him as a musicianship. I was like, you're a hell of a guitarist, man. He said, uh, 
Well, you know, I had to figure out some kind of way to compensate for my voice. Yeah. And I was like, well, you don't have a bad voice. He's like, so I know how to make it work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because he has a very high-pitched nasal voice, but I just think it fits. It's perfect. And just to watch him play... He, he keeps the rhythm with his head yeah. swinging back and forth the whole time. And I yeah. just, I mean, that's one of my favorite people to watch and hear live and even to listen on record. Yeah. I had my mother the other day. I went to pick her up. We do a weekly trip to Walmart mm-hmm. and uh, picked my mom up. Mom was like, I really like him. Yeah. I like him. His voice is a little high, but I really like it. It fits. Yeah. And I'm like, my mom, look <laughs> yeah. at our damn record critic over here, yeah. you know? I like it, but it fits. Yeah. You know, it's just it was finding a way to make it fit. Yeah, well, he did it good. I mean, when he when his wife joins him too for Dead Fingers, their yeah. band. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't have words. It's just so good, you know. And and Alabama folks, local people, they are. Yeah. You know that. Um. I mean, why? And you know, a lot of times too. I mean, do you ever think like you hear somebody local, somebody, and you think, do they need to be on a major label? Or do they need to be on a label that will, that will, because I don't know, I think coming from. I got that side of me that hopes they never do. You know, know, I mean, I agree with that too. But like, like for me coming and and having worked, I'm not coming from, but having worked country radio for 11 years, there's a thing in country radio that some of the artists call the songwriter protection program, where they will sign these songwriters and basically just let them sit on a label yeah. And never really put out shit that they've done, but they'll do it for six, seven years while their career just, just falters. Mm-hmm. Just like a, that's all down the shitter. And I just don't think that's right. I mean, I think like the way Taylor is doing it, and then you've got people like you've got you've got John Paul White doing it with um up in up in Florence with single lock, you know, which put out the Brad Armstrong record. Mm-hmm. And then you've got like um you got Elliot over in Tuscaloosa from the Dexatines doing the Cornelius Chapel mm-hmm. and he's putting wait hold on Brad Armstrong was on Cornelius Chapel yeah. sorry <laughs> my apologies yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know but I mean you got you got people like that that are doing things locally and making a big name for themselves you they know are. Fat Possum as we talked about before Fat Possum did that they started out just they by just picking up out. the history and he was like you know the first record we put out was whoever it was and he said didn't do T, I think T-Model Ford or something didn't do shit yeah but then we put out that RL record. It was that one where it's getting, the one with him in the cap. Yeah. And, and that, that was the one that just exploded. Yeah, it was, it was, it was Ass Pocket of Whiskey is the one it was. Okay. The one before that one. Okay. Ass Pocket of Whiskey. Because I didn't hear it till the Come On In record. Yeah. Um, it's when I started to like dig on the RL. But, you know, I mean, I think so many of those, those cats, these smaller labels are doing such good. These indie labels are doing such good because they're doing it the DIY homemade way of promoting they're doing the street teams they're getting out there. and these bands are touring constantly and they're making a name for themselves and i think it's you know i mean yeah. if you can squeak out a living you know i mean the majority of the people that i've met they're happy just doing that they don't need to be just in damn timberlake you yeah. know nothing wrong with the sexy back no i love that song yeah. when that song comes on i i actually go Start bobbing my head. That's stupid, dude. I should Same do way. That. That's one of them, that's one. That's one of them club songs that is. It's kind of a guilty pleasure. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> With that, but uh, I cannot believe I went there. <laughs> I should that fucking beer. But with Brad Armstrong's, I got no place that remembers me. Oh my gosh, dude from uh, Brother Ford 
to Golden Keep, and I can't remember the no, last on, the last on. track. I, I gotta go pick the record out. Hold on. Hold yeah. On. I gotta pick the record because there's a song in there for me. To carry your head high. Nope. The song on here for me because it 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 said something about my life and something I have been through. Climb any mountain. It's track three. Yeah. And I told and it and fuck yeah you're right no it's not it's track four dude. Anyway, good good shot though. But anyway, I told Brad about I was like, dude, that song, man. That song gave me chills when I listened to it. Yeah. You know? Ooh, I love a song like that. Yeah. And what did he do on the cover here? Did he put his face on the copy machine? That's what it looks like. That's kinda cool, man. It is. And I it took a while to find it. It's track twelve, Golden Keith, that has the line for the name of the record. You caught that yet? Golden Keep has I got. I mean, I've listened to the record like two or three times since I've had it. Yeah, it's got uh, Golden Keep is the one with the album. I got no place to remember. I probably have heard it and just didn't pay no attention. Yeah, man, such a great record though. Yeah, it's that one. That that one between him and Taylor, it stays. It stays in my truck. That's been got no place remembers me. And it's good having somebody in the car and be like, so who are these guys and where are they from? They're from here. I mean, that's (laughs) down the road. That's that's yeah, <laughs> you know that's one of the cool things about me. You doing this podcast and meeting all these artists, and me doing radio and doing indies only, is being able to introduce people to yeah art these artists. You know, I love that man because like I remember as a kid because I you know as we talked about in the very first podcast we did, I never intended to do radio. It was never a fascination with me. Yeah, because like. I had older cousins that would give me cassette tapes and, and had friends that would make mixtapes and things like that. So when my real friends would come over to the house and they'd sit on the edge of the bed and I'd sit in front of the stereo. Yeah. I had one of them, you know, it was in a rack. You had you kept your records in the bottom yeah. and then you had a little stereo. You were party. DJing for them. Yeah. And I mean, I would just, and I didn't think about it, but I would like fast forward through these cassette tapes and find the song. Like, oh, you got to hear this song. Yeah. And we would do that for hours and they would bring over stuff that yeah. they got and we would just sit there and just go back and forth and back and forth yeah. letting each other hear all these new artists that we had never heard before, you know? Yeah. So I guess I was doing radio before I actually knew I was going to be doing radio, you know? <laughs> I mean, but I, but I never grew up thinking, I want to do radio because yeah. Dr. Demento is cool. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. Not really doing radio but doing a podcast, kind of a similar thing. Man. Yeah. When I was... 15, 16, when friends would come over to the house, one of the main things that we was doing, I had, a, it was my dad's, but I used it like it was my own. It had a really good sound system. Mm-hmm. And so it was constantly sharing music. And I think when it became a popular term, I think like a couple years ago, like four or five years ago, hipster. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Alan's a hipster. You, have you heard his music? None of his, none of the things that you hear of Alan is on your radio. I was yeah. like, it's not that I'm being hipster. It's just like, I like the DIY. Yeah, yeah. I like the guys who are busting their ass and trying to get heard. And when I put it on and you like it, I can tell you how I found it. The story behind how I found it is yeah, yeah. It's cool to me. And I was like, as you get to know the artist, and now that I do a podcast, sometimes I get to sit down and interview them. Mm-hmm. And it's just the coolest damn thing to me. Yeah, yeah. That's a cool story. I mean, you, you kind of... I mean, radio and podcast there's not a lot i mean well as far there's as not a whole lot in common ra- ra- well no 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 i'm saying there's not a lot of difference yeah um between the podcast interview and the, and the radio interview except you get to cuss yeah you know i can't cuss when i'm doing the yeah. radio interviews but when i come to your fucking podcast i can fucking cuss if i fucking want to yeah 
and it's all good. We can sit down. I mean, you sure you probably could do it on the radio too, and just not be known, but have a beer. Or... No, I don't have. To, um, I can't say that I've not ran up to the radio station. <laughs> At 8 o'clock at night when something didn't play that was supposed to play and I had to do an announcement that I had not had a beer or two. But, yeah, but, um, yeah nothing extra. I've never, yeah. like, sat in the studio and drank beers. No. Yeah. We used to, years ago when I started, because I've been doing this for 29 years. So yeah. back in the, uh, the early 90s when I was doing radio, we would smoke in the, in the radio station studio. Yeah. Smoke cigarettes. Smoke cigarettes. Let's go ahead and get that. But... I mean, I didn't. This was no big deal back then. But I mean, think about it, man. All that tar and tobacco and shit will clog up all them electronics and stuff. But I don't know. I mean, it was it was a whole different time. I mean, I started out when I had to play records, mm-hmm. and then I went from playing records to playing CDs. And now everything's loaded into a Streamed. computer system, and I can do it remotely if I need to. Yeah. I can email it to somebody, and they can yeah. email it to the system, and it'll upload automatically. And it's just crazy how things are so much different now um in radio and i mean podcasting i mean how long has podcasting been around i mean 2003 oh whoa shit i mean but it but it did but it it didn't catch on really until about 2008 and it really picked up steam in about 2013 and now it's like uh between the ages of 18 and 54 um having a podcast you had the potential of reaching and meeting 254 million people over the world that's how many people you know listen to podcasts now and so but I mean the radio is still a bigger thing but well it's I mean radio has been one of those things that for for everybody that's listening to us I mean radio has been a thing for everybody alive their whole life yeah you know regardless of how old they are they knew when radio first started so it's been a thing almost their entire life you know she ain't got nobody's. I don't know how long radio's been around, but it has to be longer than a hundred years. I mean, start with AM and then go back to ham you know? and yeah, you know. oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, that damn, that's a lot of freaking people. But I mean, you have more of a potential on a podcast to really reach more people than a radio station. Yeah, because it's that thing you were saying earlier is like when I put this episode up, it's up. Yeah, Un- unless I say it's down. Yeah, because I mean, the, the first thought is is podcasting is is international. Mm-hmm. You don't think about radio as being an international thing. Yeah, because the Fox I mean, somebody in Germany, somebody in Germany. You know, I don't know if you put in your keywords or whatever, but somebody in Germany may hear of Pony Bradshaw and then type in Pony Bradshaw and your podcast come mm-hmm. up yeah. with Pony Bradshaw. So yeah. they listen to it. They don't type in alt 1017 in tuscaloosa and it all of a sudden you know what yeah, i mean it will right. pop up if they do that yeah. but they're not thinking alt 1017 they type in blink 182 and a couple radio stations come yeah, up we're lucky if we get in the first two three pages of that you know yeah. european search or whatever but right. you know so podcast you got it and that's the thing bigger potential and what's wild know, is to, like sweden porch talk has a fairly large following in sweden yeah well invite us over there we will come do untapped and, and vinyl in Sweden. And drink your beer with you. I will drink your beer all day long. <laughs> I will listen to your music. I might not come back. I will bring records with me. We can sit and listen together. <laughs> you and you and Alan and Monk can sit down in the next 
however long it's going to take yeah. for you to buy some plane tickets over there because my broke ass works in radio I can't afford no plane tickets to Sweden but yeah, my broke ass past that podcasting. past that and you put me up put us up we'll yeah. come over we'll do a podcast with you in Sweden I definitely would do that definitely would do that so you got to remember when you post this on socials to hashtag Sweden oh it's going <laughs> it's going to be let's 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 that, that like the untapped Nevada from this point on we're going to talk about our normal stuff. Yeah. But we got to integrate. We, we can make our own little hashtag, like hashtag get Alan and Monk to Sweden. I like it. Let's make it a I mission. Because I think we need to go to Sweden. Let's and, make it a mission. Yeah. I'm telling you, it might be a little. I will bring American beer if they'll let me. And then you can supply the Swedish beer when I get yeah. there. And, or we get there. Sorry, not me. It'd be us. It might be a one-way ticket for me. I might just stay. If there was one place I could go and die, it'd be Sweden. I've never been. Dude, so I don't know. Look, I don't know. look at the pictures and look at the people. Oh, I know. I mean, it's but, a beautiful place. But then Fiji looks like a good spot too. But hell, in my opinion, Gatlinburg looks like a good spot. Give me some mountains with yeah. some bears on my front porch and shit. I could live like that all day long. I've stayed in Gatlinburg twice in a log cabin. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the only way I stay. I ain't going for a stay in a hotel. And room. both times, seen a bear. Yep. On that premises, I ain't never seen a bear. The Four or five times I've stayed. Really? There. Nope. Did you ever go up to the cove? Was it Cage Cove up there? Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. usually see a bear there, but usually we stayed in stayed in the same cabin twice. When we go up there, we'll take a group of friends and stay. It's like a little bit before winter breaks or when spring's coming in. Yeah. And both times, one time we had a bear trying to get in our trash. I mean, you know, like I told you a story about today. I went over to my cousin's house mm-hmm. with the birds to feed the cat and the dog. And when I came out, he had a bird's nest building in mm-hmm. the, um, under his patio. And the damn birds chased me all the way to my car. I don't. Doubt I'm it. a big son of a gun, and I had to run from birds. Hit today. that 440, didn't you? Because I could not imagine running from a freaking bear who could probably run faster than me. They can. Even though I mean I've done you know my fair share of half marathons, and I'm a okay runner. I'm a jog. I'm a fast jogger. We'll call it that. But oh my god, I couldn't imagine running from a damn bear. Mm-mm. It's one of the things when you look out the window and see it, you're just gonna kind of sit in there until it's gone, kind of thing. Oh hell yeah! I've yeah. seen the revenant. I don't want no piece of you. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Nope. Why, right, monk? It's been another episode of Untapped and Vinyl. Appreciate the beers, Trim Tab. Always a pleasure, my brother. Thank you, Trim Tab. And thank you, monk, for and having everybody me over else for we mentioned. And... Get Al and Monk to Sweden. It's a movement. Yes, that's it. Hashtag get Al and Monk to Sweden. All right, guys, till next time. Peace out. Roll tide. And roll tide. News and notes. All right, guys, continue all to encourage to download the Alt 1017 app. Listen to Indies only 9 to 12 on Saturday nights at Central Time. Change your life. You'll find something you never heard before. Blow you away. Do it. Alright. Well, that's going to do it for this. Oh, here we go. Oh, no, you're not. You gotta stop. Yeah, so. As far as notes goes... Taylor Hollinsworth was so good to send over some music, so we're about to play some Taylor Hollinsworth for ya. This is off his album, 
Life of a Slow Air. This is track number two, Westphalia. Out of here. your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.